0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has gotten us where we need to be. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today is the second day of our sermon series on the theology of the cross and uh, what we're, we're doing is, is we're talking about this thing that's sort of like the operating system of Lutheran theology it's sort of this kind of background processor thing that drives a lot of what we believe it drives a lot about what we believe about Scripture it drives a lot about what we believe about salvation it drives a lot about what we believe about even the sacraments uh, baptism and, and the Lord's Supper and it all comes it comes out of this document that uh, our founder, Martin Luther, wrote when he was trying to explain his perspective to his fellow Augustinians in in this order that he was a part of, his fellow monks and friars and priests. And they were kind of going, well, not quite sure where you're coming from here, Martin. Uh, Can you explain things a little bit more? And so he put together this, uh, what I called last week, um, uh, this 28-slide PowerPoint presentation. It was 28 theses, and um, not 95 this time, but 28, and each one of them was basically kind of a point about, okay, this is how this whole thing is constructed. And it gets into this kind of talk about the difference between the theology of the cross and a theology of glory. And the theology of glory, even though it doesn't necessarily sound like this, is the thing that he's arguing against. So it's a bad thing. theology of the cross is kind of the good thing. Well, since we don't have, you know, a long, long time in order to go through each and every one of those theses, what we did was last week we went through two of them. The first two, in fact. And so it would kind of follow that today that we would look at three and four, right? But we're not going to. Instead, we're going to take a look at the last two. And we're going to kind of take a look at what the end of this whole process looks like. And that we're doing that for, for a few different reasons, but a part of that reason is that uh, at the end of this process, it really gets across this sort of understanding of, well, what does it mean for us to have faith? What is it about faith that is such a sort of miraculous and powerful part of this Being of living a Christian life, of being declared righteous before God. And so as we start getting into those things, we start to kind of say, okay, well, what does this all mean? And so what we, what Luther talks about in the first couple theses is that it's not about you. That in order to become a righteous person, that you just can't do that on your own. You can't do that through being a super religious person. You can't do that even through being a super irreligious person. You have to have it be something completely other than that. It has to be not dependent upon you and upon your actions, but it has to be dependent upon the actions of somebody else. That the thing that actually makes you good is not you. But instead, the thing that makes you good, the person that makes you good, is that Jesus Christ died on that cross for you. And he is actively making you good. So you don't have a part in this. Except that out of that, then you act in the way that he has made you good. But that sounds a little bit scary to a lot of us. Because a lot of us are very into control. A lot of us are are very into this sort of like, well, I kind of need to do something in order that I can say, well, I know that I am saved, I know that I'm good with God. So we kind of want to have that backup list in our pocket or, you know, on Google Keep in our phone where, you know, just in case something happens and it's not really all about grace... Well, that we can go to God and we can go, well, God, you see, last week, I volunteered two hours of my time. I prayed for that old lady in my neighborhood. Um, I, I gave some money to Compassion International and um, I did several other good things. And I just want you to see this because this proves that I'm righteous. This proves that I'm a good person. And what's going on there is that that's what you're putting your faith in. When you start to construct those lists that you start to say, well, really, really at the end of the day, it's not about Jesus. It's about that I did these things or that I didn't do this other set of things that I could have done. Luther says it's it's not about that. Instead, it's about faith. Which I think we say, oh, it's just about faith. Oh, well, that's so easy. But is it? Is it really easy for you to say, well, it's not about the stuff that I do. It's about the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. Because when you start to say that, there's going to be a little part of you that wants to put faith someplace other than the cross. You're going to want to put your faith in that list of things that you did or didn't do. You're going to want to put your faith in a relationship that you have with someone else. You're going to want to put your faith any place other than Jesus on the cross. Because that's a risky place to put your faith. I mean, legit, the dude died as a criminal on the cross. There's a part of us that goes, can I really trust that? Can I really trust that he even died there? Can I really trust that if he did die there, did he really raise out of that tomb? Can I really trust that even if he raised out of the tomb, was he really dead in the first place? There's all of these questions that start to come in and all of these things that begin to sort of erode at the idea of faith. Because the tough thing about faith is that faith says something so simple that it then is so hard to believe. The simple answer of faith is Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. But then you live life. And you bump into questions. And God says, the answer to those questions are Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. And you go, that doesn't sound like it's the right answer. The right answer sounds like I should be a good kind of moral person. I should, you know, rake the leaves for my neighbor. I should do all of this stuff. I should go to church very often. And, you know, maybe even on a Wednesday or two. And God says, no, 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 no. That's not the answer. The answer is, Jesus Christ died for me on the cross. And that's the beginning of the whole thing. We, we read that story out of Genesis about Abraham. God appears to Abraham and he says, hey, I want to give you a great nation of people. I want you to leave this place and I want you to take all of these people with you and I want you to go across the world. And we get this sort of travel log of Abraham doing that. But then in Romans, and actually in Genesis as well, we we get this statement, and this statement that seems so mind-boggling, this statement that says, Abraham believed God, and God counted his faith as righteousness. He didn't count the travel log as righteousness. He counted the faith. So if Abraham was leaving the city of Ur that he was from, and he got five miles out of Ur and a lion came by and ate him he would still be righteous wasn't dependent on his works it wasn't dependent on that travel log. it was dependent on the fact that he believed God enough that God said I'm going to have you do this and I'm going to give you this and if you believe that it's going to be that's risky, but that's what faith is all about. Today, Jacqueline is getting confirmed, and uh, part of the question for today, is it over yet, has to do with the fact that you guys were in a very long process to get to this point. And that uh, you're actually kind of the anchor woman on that whole process. And a, a whole lot of people, probably yourself, are going, is it over yet? And it's not, but it is. Because here's the thing. Today, you're going to stand here. And you're going to say yes with the help of God to a lot of things. But one of those things that you're going to say yes to is that you will continue steadfast in this confession of faith until the end of your life. That's faith. What you're doing is you're, you're saying there, Yeah, this is going to keep on going until I'm dead. And there's going to be a whole lot of travel log in your life from now until then. But what you're saying is, it's already happened. The way that Luther puts it in that theology of the cross is, the law says do this, and it is never done. Because if we looked at all of the things that you would have to do in order to make that a reality, it would seem like an unending list. And in fact, it probably would be an unending list because you would go through changes in your life and things would get turned around and you'd have to find your way back and all of that. But grace says believe this and it's already done. You don't need the travel log. You just need the promise. The promise is that Jesus is saying, it's already done. And he goes on in the next one of those little chunks, and he says, one should call the work of Christ an acting work, an our work as an accomplished work, and thus an accomplished work pleasing to God by the grace of the acting work. Basically, meaning... That when you stand here, when all of us stand and we say in the creed and in other confessions of our faith, that when we say, this is who God is, this is what I know about God, this is what God is all about, that I know that I am going to be taken into the resurrection, that I am going to be with him for my entire life, that we should regard that as an accomplished work. And when we say that and we believe that, then God says, great, I've got you covered. We'll make it happen. Through all kinds of travelogue. But don't focus on the travelogue. Focus on the reality at the end. So now, this week, may you recognize that God has given you something to have faith in. And recognizing that which God has given you in faith. May you take those first steps of your travel log. Amen.